You have tuned in to Twuk, Season 2, Episode 7. Today, I am talking with one of our very special board members, Letty, who has performed at every Twuk podcast party and has been an instrumental character in the development of Twuk over the past year. As some of you may know, we celebrated our first birthday on January 1st this year, and Letty, myself, and the rest of the Twuk crew are so excited to continue to grow together in community. Letty and I have known each other for almost the entire time I have been stripping, which is coming up on five years in March. In this episode, we reflect on the differences in our experiences working in clubs. This episode is very special because it is the season two finale and is being posted in just under a year before our first ever podcast episode went live on March 18th last year. Hi, Liddy. How are you doing today? I am doing very well. I had a nice lunch. I slept off my long weekend. I'm feeling pretty relaxed, pretty good. Awesome. What did you do this weekend? So this weekend, I actually drove uh, from Baltimore to West Virginia Mm -hmm. for like a little work trip. It was very, very successful, very nice. I realized recently that I hadn't danced outside of Baltimore in like, like years since like 2019, which it had been way too long. And before the pandemic, of course, I had planned to like travel dance a little bit more. I had all these ambitions, but then pandemic kind of, you know, blew a hole in those plans. So I was like, (laughs) you know, whatever, I'm just going to get in my car, go to West Virginia. That's where I started dancing. Um, and give it a try, try something new. And it was definitely worth the trip, definitely worth the drive. I was just there Friday, Saturday, but I just stayed in West Virginia um, the whole weekend. And yeah, it was nice to be in a club that is newer, number one, and just has a little bit of a different culture mm-hmm. and also doesn't have house fees. Oh, it doesn't have house fees? House fees are illegal in West Virginia. There is no tipping, any well, staff. You know that it's actually, I, I'm pretty sure it's illegal everywhere. True. I'm pretty yeah. sure that it's considered <laughs> wage theft. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like the problem is, is mm, I guess like people like don't, dancers uh, being the people <laughs> um, mm-hmm. would rather keep their jobs than like do a class action lawsuit yeah. because it would. And, and it's so funny that like our contracts will say, um, you can't do a class action lawsuit. And it's like, yeah, you can. Yeah. You absolutely can. Um, I think like Rick's uh, Cabaret has uh, in New York specifically and also Show Palace in New York uh, have been sued multiple times for wage theft and they mm-hmm. like won't learn their lesson. And the house fees in New York are just like absurd. Yeah, so it, I've heard. Yeah, and, and the money there isn't even good. Like... <laughs> It's it's pretty bad. Um, I'm pretty sure it's illegal in Maryland too, mm. but I have no idea. Like, I guess maybe in uh, West Virginia they have a um, more respect for the law. <laughs> yeah, maybe well, that's what it is. I know that. Well, I don't know if I should say the name of the club, but it's closed now. It's been closed for yeah. years. Um, there was a major West Virginia strip club that a lot of dancers did what you said. They brought a huge class action lawsuit over house fees and that I don't know the exact details but that club actually closed down over it and now every other West Virginia club is very strict about 
they management cannot ask you or intimidate you into tipping staff, and they cannot charge you house fees. There are signs posted everywhere, like such and such club does not endorse the practice of charging dancers house fees. Yeah. So at least like, so part of like the big motivation for me to go was at least well, if I go and I don't have a good weekend, at least I'm only out the gas money. Because at least you're not showing up in the negatives. It was nice to go and, and start my shift and show up at $0 instead of negative 40 50 60 75 dollars right because that's a lot of money actually yeah (laughs) it adds up yeah it it really does like when I think about the fact that I dance like three to five times a week and I'm paying I get there late nowadays because Mm -hmm. I just can't be bothered to get there early I'm tired (laughs) I don't know how I used to I used to get to the club at like 6 15 me too I used to be in there 6 30 pay the meter yeah the meter yeah I was like I was like Literally had the thought the other day. I was like, wait, do you not have to pay for parking in Fells Point anymore? And then I just realized that I really just show up to work that late. Yeah. Now. Um, I mean, not that I drive, but like just when I've um, gotten rides with other people, I'm like, wait, what about the meter? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're just not at work early. Um, but yeah, uh, house fees are are just a scam and garbage. I, I literally... Um, I'm blown away, actually, too, by the amount of customers who don't even realize that we pay nope. to work. No idea. They they, they think th- the club pays us, and the club pays for our shoes and our, provides us outfits. And- yeah, like, I've literally had people think they're like, oh, so um, do you get trained to um, do these, like, tricks on the pole and stuff? Yeah, right. Do they train you? I was like, well, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice if we were like trained to do these tricks in a way that we wouldn't be like repeatedly injuring our bodies yep. and tearing our muscles? That would be nice, but no. <laughs> I I would love to see a day where there is a club that does. Um, oh, also, you also mentioned um, before we were recording when um, we were talking about uh, the West Virginia club that you danced at, that the manager there is a former dancer. Yes. Yeah. I was very happily surprised to get there. And uh, this beautiful, like gorgeous, blonde, older, like MILF, you know how when you meet like an older woman and you can just tell like she used to be a hot girl. Yes. <laughs> like a middle-aged or older woman. And you're like, I know you used to like, you used to be a dancer or a showgirl or something. You just have that energy about yeah. you. Yeah, she actually, like, there. so this is a huge club, at least 30, 35 girls in there. Um, she actually, like, approached me, like, very professionally. It was like, I've never seen you here before. You must be new. Um, you know, my name is such and such. I was a stripper for 25 or so years. Uh, now I manage here, and it's my job to help you girls make your money. And so yeah, she so goes around. Job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's, um, I guess, like, floor manager maybe like I know I would see her in the dressing room kind of doing like house mom things too like talking to girls making sure they had supplies as well as being out on the floor all night um she would like if she saw you sitting with a customer for like a little while she would come up and mingle and approach and be like I will give you a free drink if you take her to VIP right now and some guys would you know go for that and when I would sell VIPs you know private dances they, they have such a, like, a crazy system. So all the dances are timed. And they tell you, you know, customer pays up front. Mm-hmm. They give you your portion. And then they tell you, okay, well, you guys will go in VIP room number one, you know, number two. And you go in there. And they have 
literally like a flashing like light that goes off whenever your time is up. It feels like you're like under arrest, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And so that so many times, like the, the female manager would come in and be like, Hey, so how are you feeling? You want to, you want to get another 15 minutes, another 30 minutes? I will, again, like I will throw in like a, a few extra drinks if you stay back here with her for 30 more minutes. And a couple of times that she did that and the guy, you know, like nice guy, like he didn't like bite, but he like, he literally pulled out his wallet. It's like, I don't have enough cash for that. And she said, great. So you have enough cash to tip her. <laughs> have a good night. <laughs> She's a genius. Yes. <laughs> I'm, and it's like, I'm not even shocked that it's a, a woman manager who oh, would yeah. be taking this kind of initiative. like And a former dancer, yeah. And a former dancer. Like, she's literally, like, she understands what's needed. She mm-hmm. understands that that her being there to help facilitate the sale mm-hmm. helps us keep the fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also her doing, like, house mom stuff, too. I mean, she's really going above and beyond, like... She's doing a lot. At the club we work at in Baltimore together, like, they don't even have soap in the bathrooms. Mm -hmm. They don't even have paper towels. They don't even have toilet paper in the dressing room bathroom for the girls. Um, One of the dressing rooms is is literally just... um, has a bunch of shit in it or trash in it or something at this point. Like, the shower doesn't even work anymore. Like, I don't know. It's just... Oh, also, when I was in there last night, the sign that's in the window, Mm -hmm. the neon sign, Mm -hmm. it smells like it's going to catch on fire. Nice. So, (laughs) and and one of the dancers, like, told the manager, and and I don't think that he batted an eye. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It it was just, they just still left it on, even though, like, some some of the signs for those windows have just, like, gone out. It's like, just turn that one off. Like, it looks like shit. Anyway. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> it really smells like it's going to catch on fire. And the first thing that's going to go is everybody's bags. Yep. And the dressing room. That's the first thing that's going to catch in flames. The so pleasers. I was like, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> all the pleasers. No. I'm like, this is the last time that I that I bring a bunch of valuables in my bag. Cause yeah. like I have all my makeup in there and I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to bring all of my expensive makeup in here. Like yeah. knowing that like this is going to catch on fire at any moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like the lack of care, like I doubt that this manager and at your Western Virginia club would ever be allowing that to happen for a second. No, they're very, very professional. And like, I do like understand like, clubs that were built several decades ago and have an older infrastructure, there's kind of only so much you can do sometimes. Like, a renovation would be outrageously expensive. This West Virginia club is, I would consider it brand new. Like, they built it brand new from the ground up in, like, 2017. Okay. So all of the facilities are brand spanking new. Like, the club was designed with, like, a newer sort of strip club aesthetic and, you know, experience in mind. So all the poles spin they have poles on the bar. They have a cage with like a platform that moves up and down. They have smoke machines. They have really great lighting. The ceiling is like really like outrageously flamboyant, like fucking disco balls and, and shit like that. They have a huge screen that plays like footage of the club, like promo footage and stuff like that. And then only two little screens that show sports, which I like because please don't blast like a fucking football game in the club on a weekend because like know, who cares like then the guys <laughs> just have like an excuse to l- yeah. like look at something yeah 
there's there's one guy who comes into the the same club I was just talking about mm-hmm. all the time, and you've probably seen him before. I don't know his name. I've literally seen him for years. Have never cared to learn his name, and and he's never yep. cared to learn mine either. Frankly, he's always um, he's always watching a game of some sort. Mm-hmm. And he he always sits in that little area, like, by the bar and just looks like a dickhead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and the other day I was, like, sitting, like, he had, like, a basically empty drink. Like, there had to have been, like, half an inch of, like, watered-down, like, whiskey left or whatever the hell he was drinking. And I didn't know that he was sitting there anymore. Like, I thought he left. Mm-hmm. I guess he had just, like, gone to the bathroom or something. But he came back and he didn't even have the like, he he didn't even have the courtesy to like speak to me. He just like pointed to his drink and then pointed to where I was sitting and then pointed back to his drink. Why? That's so annoying. Yeah, I guess to like let me know that he was sitting there so mm. I was like oh and I like got up and I just you know walked away because yeah. I was like I don't have time for this like <laughs> but I even saw him one time like one of the waitresses came up to him and his drink was like kind of the similar as it mm. was he's always like nursing a drink and has the bottom of it and it's like just the tiniest bit left and and some people you know they they don't want you to pick up their drink yeah you know without asking so she said hey are you done with this and he looked at her and just like motioned at the drink like gestured at the drink and she was like um so are you done with it yeah that could mean anything <laughs> yeah and he just he just like continued to like glare at her and like gesture at the drink and I was like I know that you're like you can speak. Yeah, like, you you ordered this drink. Yeah, what does that gesture mean? It can mean bring me another one. He or... just yeah, I don't know. He just gives off this vibe that he's like, I'm I'm too good to talk to you. Yeah, like <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know why I brought him up. Like something that you said reminded me of him. Um, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was wondering. Um, if you've danced in any other cities besides um, here in Baltimore or uh, West Virginia? Yeah, not, not too many. So I started in West Virginia, then I danced at a club in Baltimore County, then the city. I danced in D.C. very briefly mm-hmm. um, in, I guess, like 2018, and Atlantic City. And yeah, I think that's, that's it. I, I do want to branch out to like Philly, Mm-hmm. You know, other other clubs in Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, I would I would dance in any city. Like, doesn't even necessarily have to be like huge money making cities like Miami or Atlanta or Vegas or whatever. Yeah, I just want to travel and like get because that's the advantage of doing this is you can pack up your shoes and theoretically go all over the country to clubs and just dance wherever you know suits you. Yeah. So I want to do that. Um, I'm wondering, curious about if the clubs in West Virginia and in, uh, or the club that you went to in West Virginia and also the one in Atlantic City, if they took your, uh, um, tax, like social security information. West Virginia, I, hell no, I don't think so. No, they didn't. <laughs> Atlantic City, I, I don't believe they did either. Cause I even, the club that I worked at Atlantic City is known for being travel dancer friendly. Mm-hmm. So, and I told them that I'm like, I'm just in town, you know, temporarily. So I, I don't remember that they ever did take anything but like ID and, and stuff like that. Yeah. I've had, I've had that like run into that. Cause I've, um, 
as far as other states go, I've only gone to New York and uh, Louisiana, and in both states, they're pretty strict about taking that information. Hmm. And uh, so basically what that meant was that they reported my income to the their respective states and also to the federal government, which meant that I had to pay taxes in like three states oh this past year. Yeah. So... Um, that's why I bring that up just like, you know, in case anybody listening is thinking about travel dancing, mm-hmm. that that's something to consider. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're going to like, I guess, um, more obvious places to dance, like New Orleans is a pretty mm-hmm. obvious one to go to. So is New York, um, and Miami as well. I don't, I don't know what they do in Miami. I don't mm-hmm. have any experience with that, uh, other than just being a customer in the club, which I had a great time, so Hell much yeah. fun. <laughs> um, I don't really think I could keep up with what's going on out there. I don't, that's part of the reason, like, I don't want to go to big money cities either. I don't, as a dancer, I don't have really the aggressive or assertive sort of hustle no, in big party I don't clubs like, parties. like that. Yeah. yeah, I'm more girlfriend experience, entertainer. Like, I can do, like, a quick hustle. I did a lot of that this weekend, but yeah, I'd be scared in the club in Miami. I don't know. <laughs> I would too. Yeah. When I was in there, I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. And also like just my, my natural demeanor and personality. I was talking with another dancer in West Virginia about this is not one that really does well in too many big party clubs, especially not urban clubs. Like my, just my general personality just doesn't go over well with those clients. Yeah. Because <laughs> Uh, so I like even though I am a black dancer, I I generally don't really dance in like urban or mostly black clubs. I was talking about that with another black dancer at West Virginia, and she was telling me the same thing. So mm-hmm. you know, like obviously, like being a black dancer, I go dance in a mixed club or a mostly white club, and there will be black customers in there who you know only want to support the handful of black dancers that are in there. So they'll they'll rock up to me, you know, they'll show some love, they'll throw money, and you know they're very nice, very cool, and I will just like. I don't know. I will kind of blow it. I'll be like my weird <laughs> self. <laughs> I just can't help it. Or I'll just be like such a dork because that's like my natural personality. But that's not really Aww. the vibe that goes over well with customers who are expecting the very assertive, like sort of video vixen sort of, you know, gives no fucks sort of attitude. Like that's the entertainer experience they're looking for. And I, I don't really always give that. Yeah. And they're like, huh, this shorty's weird. <laughs> They won't really fuck with me after that. (laughs) Not in like a rude way, but just like, okay. Yeah, like, okay. (laughs) But some customers do, you know, like some customers do fuck with me though. They like that I'm kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, being unique has its its strengths and weaknesses, you know, (laughs) like... Um, I guess, I guess like it doesn't always like cater to the masses, but that's okay. Cause like people, like we were talking about, uh, computer program customer, computer programmer customers. Mm-hmm. They, they love like weird girls. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they love, like, those are the customers I do so well with programming customers and like nerdy sort of like lonely dudes who have like really niche interests like, yeah. I do so well, like, one-on-one with customers like that. Well, you like probably that. have things to, like, talk to them about because yeah. you like anime and video games, right? Yeah. So I think one of, like, and my they biggest do too, don't they? finesses yeah, <laughs> was, like, a dude. So I'm, like, randomly, like, I'm kind of into, like, pro wrestling, <laughs> 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 which is, like, 
that's like a very nerdy, dorky thing to be into nowadays. Yeah. And this guy was wearing like an obscure, not really obscure, but like kind of like a lesser known like wrestling shirt. And I was like, oh, yeah, like you like, you know, this wrestling federation. And he was so geeked that I knew what that was. And I just like finessed the heck out of him in VIP. Yeah. yeah, it was great. And I also like the way that I look in the club generally is not like congruent with what my personality is or what my interests are. Cause I dress mm-hmm. like pretty much, you know, like I, I guess like I assimilate into like the way like a club baddie would look like usually like I have like my hair done. Mm-hmm. I used to always have my nails done, not so much anymore, but lashes, yeah. you know, I go in with <laughs> Times like are a, tough. Yeah, a face, <laughs> a face full of makeup. I like personally to wear like really high quality, like expensive dance wear. Mm-hmm. My pleasers are kind of beat right now, but I like, you know, like a Happens. nice pair of pleasers. <laughs> yeah. So I look, I guess some would say like a typical club baddie usually. I think so. And and like people are not like expecting me to like rock up to them and start talking about like anime or something like that. Not that I'm like so fucking like cool for being an anime. Like it's not like a super mainstream interest. It yeah, is. But it's, but- like, it's like men come in there and expect that like even the really smart ones like that who mm-hmm. have these really like difficult like jobs that you yeah. really have to like know things, you know, mm-hmm. um, they they're kind of ignorant like Mm -hmm. in that way they don't expect that like any of us know anything about anything Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah they totally don't they think we're a bunch of dumb party girls yeah so but there's actually like especially nerdy guys so turned on when you do know things Mm because they're like oh my god you're you're like hot and you know things like they literally just want you to like sit on their lap and talk nerdy to them yeah that's part of the fantasy for them it is when i tell dudes that i stream on twitch they are so geeked by that like last night one of my best customers um i like i rocked up to him like i i saw that he was wearing a shirt from like a like a local hardcore band to baltimore not even like one of the bigger ones that might come to mind but like kind of like a and I have, like, sort of, like, a Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon connection to that band. I was like, oh, like, a friend of a friend plays guitar in that band. And he was, like, so geek Because this is in West Virginia. Right. And they're a Baltimore band. And he was like, whoa, like, you know about, like, this this kind of music? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, a lot of my friends in Baltimore are musicians. Like, I go to a lot of, like, hardcore shows and, like, small, like, indie shows and stuff like that. And he was just so geeked. And, again, like, my look is not congruent with somebody, I get it, who would be into, like, that sort of alternative music. Because I've seen, like, alt baddies in the club. Yeah. And I don't I don't even really, like, do my makeup or dress like an alt baddie. I am not tattooed. I have zero tattoos. I don't have piercings. So I don't even give off that sort of vibe. Yeah. So people are always very blown away. And he was, like, such a good customer. He was so pressed. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, it's the small things. Yeah. I really pay attention to people's T-shirts for that reason. Mm-hmm. Like, last weekend... The, the guy that I made the most money off of, um, he was wearing a swan shirt, hmm. um, which is just this like weird, loud band. Hmm. I don't know how to describe it. It's just weird and loud and it's, I love it, but I was like, oh, I love the swans. Mm-hmm. And Aww. he's like, wait, you know, you know about the swans? I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, or actually they're not the swans. I'm sorry. That's so embarrassing. If any like <laughs> music bro is listening to this, he's going to be like, the swans, it's just swans. Like, okay, no, whatever. Yeah. Swans. Okay. He's like, you know about swans? I'm like, yeah. Like, you know, so we start talking about music and, you know, soon enough, he's like, well, do you want to go upstairs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I didn't even have to ask him. He mm-hmm. just was so amazed that... 
a hot girl in the club like right. knew about his shirt because he's just wearing it, you know. Yeah. He probably just put on whatever was like closest to him. Yeah, same as this guy. He's just like just be going out wherever. Like probably has like a hundred band shirts and that's cycle through. That's his whole wardrobe. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any places that you like are on your radar to travel to um anytime soon or within the next year yeah I would go to Philly for for dancers in Baltimore obviously Philly is it's pretty close by like that's a that's a pretty common like spot to dance if you just want to get out of town um I haven't done like a ton of research but I would there's definitely like at least a couple Philly clubs that I would try and even other clubs in PA outside of Philly I want to try and then I would go back to Atlantic City just because I've been there before um, and like I said, not even necessarily big money cities. I feel like I have to like work up to that. Um, I would go, where else do I want to go? I really, really want to go to Texas. Mm. Um, <coughs> excuse me, before the pandemic, and this is like so dorky, there's like this, this movie and like comic book podcast that like they record in, um, Austin and mm-hmm. they're like known for like having fans that like come from like all over and, like, they will let fans, like, sit in, like, the studio with them and, like, participate, like, in the podcast with them. <laughs> if you have, like, if, you, if you're cool and, like, you email, like, oh, I'll be in town. Like, you know, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I'm coming from, you know, I'm coming a long way. They will, like, love that and, like, let their fans in. So, I like, before the pandemic, I really wanted to do that. I wanted to go to Austin and dance. And also because they talk about, like, going to the strip club, too. And, like, throwing money. They're, like, nerdy, like, animator guys. And they they have discussed, like, going to the strip club is, like, like next door to the podcast studio. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, like, just going to just gonna record a podcast yeah. real quick, then go to the strip club. Yeah, they have talked about, like, yeah, like, we were in the strip club, you know, last night, you know. <laughs> hey, we were too. Showing love. Yeah. <laughs> just casually. And I really wanted to do that, like, go out and, like, dance in Austin and travel there and, like, meet my dorky podcast heroes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I want sure to do that. Would, I'm sure they would come in the club too, and yeah, that would be you. lit. Like, <laughs> so yeah, Texas. Um, I would give uh, Portland a try, and like all of the stripper networks and group chats I'm in, Portland has like mixed opinions. Some girls say it's really good because obviously, yeah, very I guess mixed. I hear about the Portland. cultural attitude over there is like very like yeah, like we love sex workers and we love strippers, but apparently that mm-hmm. attitude doesn't always actually translate into real money. Yeah, that's yeah, what that's I'm mm-hmm. getting. <laughs> yeah, so but I want to try it at least, like experience it. We love liking sex workers' pictures on Instagram. That's what a lot of people mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, well, I remember that one time I posted on my close friend's story about that. I was like, "Yeah, you know, everybody like visits their bartender friends yep. at work, mm-hmm. and everybody goes to their friend's shows around here, but like." Nobody ever visits me at work, and almost yeah. every year on my birthday, I like post on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I would want nothing more on my birthday than for my friends to come to the strip club and throw $20 at me each. Yeah. Because, like, think about it. If, like, several of my friends came in and they all brought, like, a respectable amount of money, like, Mm -hmm. even if they brought, like, $20 and, like, enough for some drinks, like, Mm -hmm. and they all, like, came in there for, like, an hour, one of my stage sets, Mm -hmm. sat with me, had a couple drinks with me, threw the money on me while I was dancing and then left, I would, I would come out pretty, pretty well. It's like, it's like not, it's not really that difficult and you wouldn't have to like spend 
much more money than you would be spending to like go out to a show or mm-hmm. go out to a bar or r- where you're running up a $75 tab. Exactly. <laughs> anyway. That's what I'm saying. Like people will go to like WC Harlan mm-hmm. and get like four extremely expensive cocktails, but they won't like come visit their stripper friends at work yeah. because they're like, Oh, it's too expensive. I'm like, first of all, it costs $10 to get in. Mm-hmm. That's not expensive. No. And I'm like, and, and, and you're, <clears throat> and people will bar hop like they go from like they go to dinner and then mm-hmm. they go to another bar and then they go to the show and mm-hmm. then they pay to get in there a lot of my friends they... are heavy with that Very yeah heavy. exactly so i'm just like how do you not have enough money to go to the strip club like that's literally plenty of money to go to the strip club like mm-hmm. you might not be able to stay in there all night but where yeah. do you stay in all night you don't you go hop around like yeah. so do the same thing come to the strip club Come early. That's the best time yeah. to come because it's when it's slow. It's when I'm sitting there doing nothing, not making any money. So Same. if you and, and it's also the most likely time that like I can actually spend time with my friends who like probably aren't as lucrative as like yeah. some nerdy dorky customer who's going to walk in later. But like, mm-hmm. you know, like you can come in and do that and then you can go to your, your like auto bar or wherever else that you're going to yeah. go for the rest of the night. Club Charles, like yeah. whatever else you're going to do for the rest of the night. But like. I I don't know. I guess like people don't people don't really like understand that. They think that the strip clubs like this place where they have to like get champagne and like an I think expensive. So. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely. And I I can't like blame people for that because mm-hmm. that is if you've never been to a strip club before, that is definitely the messaging that you get. Like Absolutely. in rap videos and on Instagram, it's all about like flashing cast and and flexing and buying bottles, popping bottles and making it rain. And so there is, like, definitely a misconception among a lot of my friends Mm -hmm. that you need to rock up with, like, at least $500 to blow in the club. Because, like, a lot of my friends, you know, I think I I reposted, like, some of that from your story. And, like, a lot of my friends were like, like, Letty, I would love to, like, you know, come out and support you in the club. But I just, I don't have three, four, five hundred $500 to spend. Like, we're broke over here. And I don't, and I don't, and they're like, I don't want to come to the club with less than that. I don't want to come to the club and like fake and be broke. And I try to explain to them like, you know, all of all of it is is taking up the appropriate amount of space like according to what your budget is. So yeah. don't come and like hog up the the main stage and sit there. And I don't care tip. if you're my friend or not and not tip or don't come in and sit in like, you know, prime real estate in like a, you know, a VIP section or a bottle section. And not, you know, be showing the girls love when they're trying to cycle in and out and mingle in and out. Right. You know, if you're not, if you don't have the budget like that, you know, sit by the bar. Yeah. Or sit don't away from the, the stage. stage. Yeah. Don't, get, don't flash your judgy looks at the stage. Because I don't think people actually, like, mean to look judgy when, no. they're, when they're broke and they're looking at the stage. I think they're really just looking. Yeah. But I think the the look that's coming out on their face that looks nasty is more so this internal, like, I don't have money for this hot bitch that's on stage right now. (laughs) So it's more like the face that they're making. It's like, it's like more of a projection, but like, it feels so bad when you're on stage and someone's looking at you like that because it feels like it's about you. And I know probably more times than not, it's not about that. It's probably just like, you know, they came in for someone specific or they don't understand club etiquette, which is why like back to Portland, which Portland, I, I've never been there, so I can't like fully say, but like, I'm definitely familiar with this, like 
you know, saying that you support strippers, but not actually Mm -hmm. like showing up, not actually showing up. And like, I could totally see that happening there because everybody says that Portland's like the Asheville of the West Coast and I've been to Asheville, Mm -hmm. so I can understand what that kind of vibe is about. Um, but I, I do know that at least some Portland clubs, it's very standard when people come into the club, um, there's somebody at the front door, like there's actually this club, it's not a, not a strip club, but it's, it's a nightclub in New York called, uh, nowadays, I think it is. Mm. And when you get there, um, they, they take people from the line and, and groups of like 10 or something and you get lectured by someone basically. They're like, okay, you can't, you know you can't be a fucking creep. Don't yeah. stare at people and be weird. Don't fucking touch people without their consent. Mm-hmm. Don't take pictures of people without their consent. You know, just like basic shit, but unfortunately, like not a lot of people understand basic shit. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a condescending way. Like I think that's part of the problem is a lot of people like genuinely don't understand and if they were people told get very carried away. Like even people who outside the club would be very respectful and comprehend those things, but they get in a club and an entertainer is nude in front of them or has her titties out. And it's like their brains short circuit. Yeah. So if somebody were to tell them as they're walking in yeah. the door, this is the etiquette, then they're then they're coming in mm-hmm. aware of those things. Whereas like otherwise, you know, we don't have that at the clubs. People come in and they're not aware. They're just yeah. coming in just completely like, you know, in a in a um trance by the naked beautiful women yeah. and, and the lights and the money and the you know the one alcohol yeah yeah it's 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 all like a lot but and and I'm not saying that alcohol couldn't still take effect and people would oh, yeah. still act crazy but like I do think that it's probably at least somewhat helpful and and probably at least why there's like sort of this like um known culture in Portland of of people like quote unquote like being supportive of sex workers because mm-hmm. like anybody who's ever even walked in a strip club has heard like the spiel. This yeah. is the etiquette. <laughs> this is the spiel. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I mean I, I, I like that. And do you think that a club should do that? What do you think about that? <laughs> I so the only the closest thing I've experienced to that was years ago. I actually went to a West Virginia club, different club than the one that I've worked at, mm-hmm. with the guy I was dating at the time. And it was nice to get that experience as a customer. So, yeah. like, when we walked in, like, first of all, West Virginia has metal detectors at every entrance, and they're, like, very serious about security. I there. think that's probably good. Yeah, <laughs> the security guy was like, you know, so a couple things, folks. Uh, please respect the ladies. Please respect the entertainers. No no pictures, no videos. Please don't touch the ladies without their... They all say ladies out there in West Virginia. <laughs> the ladies. The ladies. <laughs> not, not entertainers, not dancers. The ladies. Very, like, Southern. <laughs> they even had, like, a little handwritten sign on, like, the door where you pay the cover that's like, listen, these ladies are working. They're not... <laughs> you're gross. These ladies like handwritten sign. Look, I am a lady. Yes. Okay? <laughs> yeah. I just, I just think that's like so funny and so cute. And the security guy like kind of gave us like a similar spiel about like respect and you know make sure like you're you're doing you're acting appropriately in the club before you even get all the way in the door. You know, and I I really liked that. I appreciated that. It sets the tone because then, as opposed to like in some clubs in Baltimore where they don't hear any of that sort of messaging. They come in, you know, maybe they don't have bad intentions. They're trying to have a good time. They get too carried away and they cross like a dancer's boundaries. Like I remember one time 
I was having a good time with like this group of like yuppies, like, you know, white, like kind of like younger yuppies in like a section in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And they were throwing some money. They weren't going, you know, bananas, but we were having fun. I was vibing with them. And somebody, I was like turned around twerking and somebody like pulled like the strap on my thong and like fucking rubber banded it so hard like thinking that it's funny and it hurt like so bad like it hurt worse than like a slap because it was like one of those really thin like yeah bands on my thong and you know when stuff like that happens then then I have to stop the fucking fun and kill everybody's mood and turn around and be like don't do that or like that really hurts and then that sends like the the moment that we were having to like a screeching fucking halt and then everybody even like the people that weren't misbehaving feel awkward and, you know, maybe they feel like, you know, as they should, they apologize for their friend who was just being stupid. And it just, it's it, like, it, it puts like all that responsibility on you, the entertainer. It does. To have to like police them and like kill the fucking vibe. Whereas right. if they would, you know, have like, you know, like a, a boundary set before they walk in, maybe that could be avoided. Like people would still be, you know, kind of silly sometimes, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. I feel like there's no way to like entirely avoid people like mm-hmm. misbehaving um, because people are, are not perfect. And yeah. also when alcohol's in the mix, mm-hmm. like people just, they get carried away. But I do really think that like having some sort of thing to like put it in people's minds. And that's why with, with twerk events, I'm huge on like sharing the rules and telling before. people the rules on the stage. Mm-hmm you know, sharing them several times before the event. The rules are on the pin to the Instagram, like mm-hmm. they're on the website. And it's like, look, these are the rules. Mm-hmm. And if you break them, you're you're just kicked out forever. Like, I'm sorry, I have no sympathy for that. Like, it's just not okay. And people need to understand that it really is that serious. Like, touching someone without their consent in a sexual way or in a way that hurts or whatever, it's... Sometimes it just seems like a small thing. It's like, oh, well, you know, he just slapped my ass a little bit. Like, it wasn't hard. But, like, you know, I was telling you earlier, a man literally, like, saw that I had a neck tattoo last night Mm -hmm. and was like, oh, you must like to be choked and literally, like, grabbed my neck, like, hard. Yeah, like, that's just okay. You know, and, and, and of course, like, there's security and, like, people standing around, but, Mm -hmm. like, and and they're seeing this, but they're like, "Mm, doesn't seem like a bad thing. You know, it doesn't look bad because I'm not, like, reacting to it because Mm -hmm. I'm trying not to break the fantasy. I'm trying to get money out of this guy still and it it just really helps when there's somebody who's not the entertainer yeah to back you up to back you up and to say hey you know I'm the enforcer of these rules Mm -hmm. like and and that's why like I really appreciate you know the things that you were saying about uh the manager and the West Virginia club that you were at this weekend Mm -hmm. like it really sounds like she's like in tune with shit like that and um it's just not something a lot of clubs are in tune with. And um, I think it's also not something that has been uh, practiced enough. So it's it's hard to know, like, how to best execute it. Like, I'm sort of just, like, trying stuff on at this point. I'm just yeah. seeing, like, you know, let's see if, like, this works. And, like, so far, so good. Like, there's been two events so far. You know, we're about to have our third one. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first two events were, like, really successful in terms of, like, the tips the dancers got. Like, everybody was, like, tipped really nicely on stage. Um, 
I think the second one, the tips were even better than the first yeah, one. I think so. Yeah. yeah, it looked like great. And I'm hoping that it's even better this time. And I insert arrested development narrator voice here. It was. I really just like, I think that club should be setting that expectation, like the expectation that that um, dancers aren't being touched without their consent or like exploited in any way. And also that, you know, people are in there respecting dancers time. Like Mm -hmm. if you're in there to see a specific dancer and stuff like that, don't look at the other dancers. Yeah. I have coached my friends because there has been like, I think two occasions where my friends have like popped out to like show love to me at the club. It was like, if you're listening, you guys know who you are. It was like a whole thing. I made a Facebook event page. Like we scheduled it out. So they could come from out of town. Aww. They budgeted. And this is like the dorkiest thing. I made like a long ass Google like docs, like list of do's and don'ts because my friends that came out were very unfamiliar with the club. Most of them, almost all of them never set foot in a club before. And I like, I laid it all out. And one of the things I coached them on was like, you know, you don't have to, if you're coming out to the club on a night that I'm working, you, you <clears> literally don't have to only spend money on me and like yeah. tip me, please, you know, like circulate around and like mingle and tip other girls that you see that you like but if you don't have the budget for that I coach them to just you know if another dancer approaches them just say oh I'm here for Serena which is my professional name immediately like (laughs) and I told them like well other girls will recognize that and not most other girls will recognize that and not press you further yeah (laughs) (laughs) and not press you further and they will respect that and walk away yeah and that's an easy sort of like deflection you know that like you know, just, just that was just like a good advice that I gave people. And I also like another thing I really stress my friends on if they're coming out is to hold each other accountable. Like if you see if somebody in like the group, one of the homies is doing a little bit too much, <laughs> you need to call him out or her yes. out immediately. Hold each other accountable and don't just let the dancer, you know, kind of flounder there by herself or don't let me don't make me have to come over and be the enforcer or you know, security is not always looking. Sometimes they're in another section or they're busy and they, you know, they can't breathe down everybody's necks all the time. Or they're watching the football game. Or they're watching the football game <laughs> or they're placing bets on, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever fight's going on. Yeah. Like hold each other accountable. I think one of, and these weren't even my friends. I think one of like the good, like the best examples of customers holding each other accountable. Like I will never forget this. It was, this was years ago mm-hmm. and it was a group of like younger guys um, in the club in Baltimore, they were lit. They were throwing money. The reason they were in there was like hilarious to begin with. They were there for like a guy's shark anniversary. It was the 10 year anniversary of like when he got his arm bitten off by a shark surfing. <laughs> so <laughs> they were there totally, mad <laughs> early too. I remember like, you know, like clocking in and looking in the VIP and being like, why are all these guys wearing shark onesies? They, they had shark, like, you know, like the onesie, like Kigurumi's, like yeah. costumes on. So like, like five or six guys <laughs> were wearing shark onesies, <laughs> except for one guy who was like dressed nice. And like, I, I ended up like going over to them, you know, like saying, hey guys, what's up? And they're like, yeah, shark anniversary. And I looked at the <laughs> one guy that didn't have a onesie on and I noticed like, oh, he only has one arm. I was like, oh, okay. And he was throwing money, same as anybody else. But like eventually like. Um, another dancer with his one arm <laughs> yeah with his one arm lit <laughs> another yeah, dancer had come over and you know so they had been having fun you know you know showing love as they should have been but like one of the guys ended up like slapping another dancer's like ass too hard and mm. this dancer was her personality 
was so that she was kind of more like serious entertainer. You know, not that everybody should have to, but some girls, you know, when that happens are able to like kind of playfully like rock it off or, you know, they know how to like get really aggressive and put a stop to it, which we shouldn't always have to do that. But, you know, this girl was not, her personality was not really like that. She just kind of like, you know, said don't do that and like collected her money and kind of just like walked away, like kind of sad, you know. She was, like, very professional, just, like, very, like, not in a bad way, but just, like, very just serious like personality. Just, like, this ends here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, this ends here. And immediately, like, one of, like, one of the most lit guys, not the guy that had smacked her, was, like, he turned to all the other guys and was, like, guys, like, I think we really upset her, and I Aww. think we should all apologize. And, you know, he eventually, like, he left, like, the section and went and found her and apologized to her and brought her back to the section, not to dance, but just so everybody opened their wallets and gave her like an additional tip. Apologizing with money? Yes. Is this a real story? Yeah, like, he was this like, this isn't a story This book? is a real story, yes. <laughs> yeah. <Aww. laughs> he was like, I'm really sorry. Like, we didn't mean to upset bros. you. Yeah, like we had to make this right. And she was like yes, so that's grateful. that's how you make it right. Yeah, she was like, thank you guys. You know, it wasn't, she was like, it wasn't even that big of a deal. I was just kind of like grumpy. About it. And they were like, no, no, like, we crossed a boundary. Like, we're sorry. Like, we got a little carried away. And that was, like, because I, I really, res- nobody, like, pressed. Like I said, like, the girl, she didn't yell or, like, get really nasty with I them. I think that that's, that's, yeah. that's a good way to handle it because yeah. her walking away probably made them feel so They felt stupid. very bad. Yeah. They felt stupid. Yeah, yeah. Like, the guy, like, immediately, like, recognized oh, like we did, we did something like really bad. Sometimes less is more when it comes to calling people out, I yeah. think. Like, it, it speaks volume. Like mm-hmm. silence can just speak volumes. Yeah. And just like that simple, like walking away. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and I respected like the ringleader guy who was who had been acting appropriate the whole time. Yeah. He immediately held all of his homies accountable. Like That's addressed hot. them. Yeah, I know. Where right? is he? <laughs> is he never married? saw those guys ever again. <laughs> never saw them again. <laughs> Aww. They're probably like somewhere where there's a beach. You know? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't even remember yeah, where they were, were from. They in Baltimore. Yeah, because <laughs> they can't surf here. Like, yeah, could you right? imagine like surfing in the harbor? <laughs> Maybe that's where the shark got him. <laughs> a mutant. Yeah. So yeah, that's just like that. I will always like think of that interaction as like because that's pretty rare. Honestly, like guys don't. Men don't always know how to be masculine in that way and hold their friends accountable. It's hard to, when you're in a group and you're having fun, to like stand up for, stand up against your friends. It is. Especially standing up for a dancer. A lot of men will not do that and protect a dancer like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Cause it's like not the cool, like, bro thing to yeah. do. Like, it's not the bros before hoes yeah. way. The opposite. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's the hose before bros way, yeah. which is the way that I live my life yep. personally. <laughs> yeah, when when I first started dancing, would you remember me? <laughs> I I like I, I would not it would not be rare for me to just, you know, slap a customer across the <laughs> face or like cuss someone out like if they touched me unconsensually. And I felt very righteous because I was like, well, fuck them. Like, mm-hmm. fuck him. He he touched me or he said yeah. something fucking rude to me. But, like, I, I it took me a while. But, like, now almost five years in, in March, <laughs> um, it's like I realized that even though they have no right to touch me that mm-hmm. way or to talk to me in some of the ways that they talk to me sometimes, that me giving them what they gave me right back usually just doesn't 
work out. Yeah, a lot of guys don't always take it that well. Yeah. yeah. And or they I, think you're joking. Yeah. <coughs> Absolutely, they do. And and also, like, it, it doesn't, like, lend itself to, like, making money usually either. Yeah. Like, some guys, they like to be abused, so sometimes yeah. it did work for me in that way. But, like, I, I have to say it was rare um, that it worked for me in that way. And also, like, it got to a point where what it took for me to realize that I shouldn't do that was a man, like, literally, like, reacting to me slapping him in the face. Mm-hmm. And he literally picked me up and threw me at a table and injured me yeah. uh, pretty badly. So, <laughs> you know, like, it's it's not, uh, it's not necessarily safe also yeah. to react because, like, some men are, like, crazy. Yeah, just, and, like, a temperamental and abusive. Yeah, and, and I think in terms of, like, you know, your money, but, like, more important than anything in terms of safety, like, mm-hmm. it's it's best to just... Yeah, I always say, Not like, react so too I, intensely. I'm a weenie, like, I don't fight, like, I don't be secure in my wigs well enough to get beaten into fights in the club, but <laughs> I always say, <laughs> I have no business fighting. <laughs> my lashes and my wigs, not secured enough to be in there fighting, but I would say, like, I can, if it came to it, I could potentially fight another dancer and win, potentially, <laughs> probably not, but potentially, um, I can't fight a male customer and win. No, I can't. I, I don't can't think win. a lot of us can. They're yeah. at a genetic advantage. Yeah. Like yeah. Being men, mm-hmm. you know, and also when they're drunk, they're just like raged the fuck out. Yeah. So they mm-hmm. just, yeah, they're in there with their boys. Like they need to like, it's like a, a hit to their ego, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the craziest part about like that situation for me too was that like the club didn't back me up at all. Like yeah. I didn't want that guy in there ever again. I mean, he picked me up and like threw yeah. me. I saw the rage in his eyes before he did it. Scary. I literally like purely just saw my life flashing before my eyes because yeah. he looked like when he looked at me in the eye with this rage, I was like, this is a man who like has beat his ex-wife yeah you yeah. know like type of like which rage. is scary to think about but like realistically like some of these guys that are in the clubs that we entertain even if they come in and they're nice and they're throwing a lot of money realistically like a lot of these guys are abusers yeah outside well, well this guy never threw money he came in <laughs> he came in every like um d- every tuesday because there was like a mm. deal for like two dollar drinks and he would sit at the bar but face the stage and buy the $2 drinks and tip nobody. Ew. And what he did was he came up and he grabbed my ass and he, like, had his, like, pinky, like, in my, like, I hate that. ass crack. Yeah. Like, Ew. <laughs> it was, first like... First of all, do you not give a fuck about, like, your your life? Like, or, Yeah, like, like, then you're just gonna, like, pick up a drink and right? then drink it after you just touch someone's, no like, asshole. given. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what if I don't wipe properly, you know? Like... <laughs> I can't say it what that if I time just that I was. Like, <laughs> I walked out of the bathroom. I was probably really drunk. Like, I probably was, there was probably no toilet paper in the bathroom because these clubs don't give a fuck about us. And I probably yeah. was like, oh, well. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It wasn't like that. I would definitely not be like, yeah. oh, well. But like, that's just really gross. <laughs> but he doesn't know that. He yeah. doesn't know what, what kind of woman I am. So like, you know, he's just doing that. But the club like didn't have my back at all. I was like... They like kicked him out that night and and um then he was like back in the next day. Well, not the next day, but you know, the next Tuesday, because mm-hmm. that was his favorite cheap day to come in. And 
um, I, I went up to the the managers and I was like, I, I need to go home because I'm triggered. Yeah. Like he's in here, you know, and, and I wasn't even able to like do stage sets because yeah. like the, the, my ribs on my right side oh my were goodness. like, uh, badly injured. Like, uh, <laughs> and, um, I went up to them and I was like, you know, I can't work because this guy's in here and I'm triggered. And they were like, um, well, you could pay your house fee and go home. And our house fee was based on how long we were there. And I was there for like 30 minutes, which would have meant I would have had to pay a hundred dollars. Yeah. And I was like, you mean like a little like $20 house fee or like, um, what are you saying? They were like, Oh, well you've only been here for 30 minutes. So a hundred dollars. And I was like, are you guys crazy? And they were like, well, your other option is if you want, you can sit upstairs and VIP until he leaves. And I was like, for what? Like, there's no, I'm not going to make any money up there. Yeah. So I just have to like sit up there. Like, I don't know. Like, it just was crazy. Like, um, stuff like that. It's all that to say, like, it's, it's not safe. You don't know how these men are going to react. So, um, yeah. And (laughs) even with that as, like, as a black dancer, I found that, like, so I personally, maybe this is just me projecting, but I personally feel, especially because I work mostly in mixed or predominantly white clubs, mm-hmm. um, people will definitely be overly familiar with black dancers in a way that they're not overly familiar with non-black dancers mm-hmm. to where I feel like people will, you know toe the line with me in a way that they are expecting me to get aggressive and to get really nasty and confrontational. That's what they want. That's what they expect Mm. from like a darker skin dancer. And that's what they want. And then, you know, when I don't give them that, they're like weirdly disappointed. And, you know, also like with the enforcement of my boundaries, it, it hits different when it comes from me. So if like I, somebody smacks my ass and I'm, and I'm like, you don't do that. That's not okay. Then right. I've I've had so many people in Baltimore react like, oh, okay, you stuck up nasty black bitch. Oh, you know this is why I don't fuck with you, black like bitches. Like white men? No, honestly, like black customers. Even. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Like well, non-black customers won't say it like out loud. Not like Whereas, that, but they not say like that. It in a, yeah, <laughs> another like, way. <laughs> like oh, like just another like aggressive, mean black woman. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if you know they they do the same thing to a non-black dancer, like a white or an Asian dancer they will like kind of back off and respect it a little bit more and recognize that they towed the line. But with black dancers, it's kind of like people think that it's like a petting zoo that number one, that we have lower standards and less boundaries that will charge less for lap dances that will just allow like more pawing and more hands on. And I I think like a lot of that is like racialized, you know, it comes down to like body type, which first of all, like I've worked with so many like slender, slim black dancers. Not every black dancer has like a big fat booty, you know, but you know, if you do have like a certain body type and this can apply to non-black dancers too, like you're a thick girl, you know, you're a BBW, BBW dancer, people think that it's just a free for all and they can just paw all over you. Yeah. Whereas if, you know, you're walking past and you're, you're slim and slender and like, you know, more conventionally like athletic, I, I feel like, you know, maybe people don't feel that way towards you. Whereas like if you take up more space body wise, people think that they can just grab and paw and do whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think like skinny bodies are definitely like more respected mm-hmm. in that way in the club and like curves are like not respected. They're just like exploited. Yeah, yeah a lot more like aggressively sexualized for mm-hmm. sure, for sure. And like I, cause there are so many times that I've, I've gone up on stage, I've followed, 
you know, a dancer who is, you know, blonde, beautiful, you know, conventionally beautiful, mm-hmm. thin, you know, athletic. And I will see the same customers sitting there respectfully, you know, watching her stage show, tipping, whatever, not crossing any boundaries with her. But then I come on. And so, like, I'm, I consider myself pretty slender, I guess, like, mildly curvy. Some people have called me slim thick. I don't know if that, I, I don't even know if that, that applies. I'm pretty short, but I'm not, I'm not curvaceous. I'm not plus size. So I consider myself, like, pretty slender already. Mm-hmm. But I will come on and follow, like, a non-black dancer and those same customers, which, you know, of all races, customers of all races do that, they will be pawing at me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying to do, like, my stage set. Like, they're grabbing, like, my hair. They're grabbing my butt when I'm, like, trying to, like, I'm, ha- I'm upside down, like, doing an inverted, like, pole trick. And they're just pawing at me. Like, I'm, I'm doing, like, a fucking headstand. And they're pawing at me, which is so annoying because it's literally not safe. They're, you know, they're grabbing at, like, my thong and stuff like that. And I'm like, I saw how you just, you know, treated the dancer before me. And you are not doing all of this. Like, why the familiarity with me just because right. I'm black? And then I'll move to the other pole and, like, a non-black dancer will follow me. And they'll be on their best fucking behavior again. They will not cross that line with a, with a white dancer or an Asian dancer or, like, a lighter-skinned, like, Latina dancer. I've seen that. And, you know, it is true that, like, in my experience, a lot of times the people doing this boundary crossing are other black customers. They think, like, it's the familiarity. Like, oh, like, we're also black. So you will accept whatever boundary crossing and whatever touching that we give to you. It's also a cultural thing because in, like, I have worked at a few urban clubs and urban clubs in general tend to be, like, black girl clubs tend to be much more high contact. Mm -hmm. So I think black customers used to more urban clubs come into, like, a mixed club and expect black dancers to also be okay with that, like, the high contact. Yeah. But they won't go paw at, like, a white girl like that, you know, because they don't have that expectation of her. Which, like, little do they know, like, I don't really like, like, urban clubs, like, <laughs> I'm a girlfriend experience, like, sit and talk entertainer, so no, like, I'm not okay with that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and I feel like I, it should be understood, like, what kind of club you're in, Yeah, you know, um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've definitely seen, I've definitely seen that kind of behavior, too, and it really sucks that, that people do that, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't understand. I don't understand people sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it is it is a misconception. Like, pe- you know, as a black dancer, like, people of all races will, like, disrespect you. But when I tell people about, like, the disrespect that, like, we get in the club, working in, like, a mixed club, people always assume, like, oh, it's white white guys that are being, like, you know, by that are doing the most. And it's like, no, like, a lot of the disrespect comes from other black dancers, from black male customers, too. Mm-hmm. You know, who, like I said earlier, like, want us to cheapen you know, our work because they expect us to like give them like a discount or like a friendly rate because they're also black. Whereas like, I, th- I think it's like, it comes down to like attainability. Like, you know, black customers will come in and be like, well, like, you know, I fuck with black women outside of this in my real life, air quotes, real life. But I come into the club, you know, like a lot of men, like they don't mingle with Asian women or with tatted white women in like their real life outside of the club. So they come in and they treat those dancers with like a different kind of like reverence and respect. And if she tells them a lap dance is fucking $65 for one song, they're going to be like, yep, okay. But (laughs) a black dancer tells her, tells them the same. They're like, what what the fuck's wrong with you? Who do you think you are? Like as a black dancer charging that much. It's just like, yeah, very different, like different sort of perception. That's messed up. Yeah, it's it's really silly. It's really annoying. But yeah, 
But then on the flip side, sometimes like in mixed clubs, black customers come in and they only want to fuck with black dancers like yeah. immediately. I think it's <laughs> so really, that can work out too. <laughs> I think it's really funny when there's white dancers who are mad about that. Hmm. I'm just, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, I'm, I'm just like, are you not like seeing what's happening here? Like, why are you mad about that? Why are you mad that the one time that you're not, you're not the the person that's valued mm-hmm. in the club. Yeah. Why does that make you mad? Like when you're I don't used know. to being everybody's preference. Like, right. Exactly. It when feels I, weird. When I notice, like, and honestly, it's very few times that mm-hmm. it happens. But I've noticed that happen before. Like as a white dancer, like a black couple like comes in and it's not really vibing with me. Like yeah. they're just like, mm, okay, <laughs> like <laughs> no rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, and I don't, and like I, <laughs> I can tell that like I'm not the like what this couple is looking for, and I would wouldn't expect that that couple is like looking for me, and I it doesn't bother me. I'm just like, okay, well, you know, it's kind of awkward because I have to be on this stage yeah. anyway. So I just have to dance in front of them while they're like, mm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It doesn't make me mad. And I especially yeah, you can't take it personal as long as they're not verbally being disrespectful. No, nobody's ever verbally yeah. disrespectful. Never, n- never at all. But like, I definitely like have heard a number of, of my white peers like complain to me and and try to get me to like validate them about that. And I'm just like, oh, well, you know, can't be everybody's type. Yeah. You know, let's try to say something like that and like move on. <laughs> Same as when like a lot of like, when like there's the tattoo convention going on, we have a lot of clientele in the club from the tattoo convention. And it's all mm-hmm. like tattoo artist bros, you know, sitting up front at the stage. And here I come, plain Jane, zero tattoos, zero piercings. Right. <laughs> nothing, nothing like no crazy body mods going on at all. I can tell, like, I'm not really, like, maybe the shorty that they'll go up for. And then, you know, here comes behind me, like, a tatted babe. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, that's maybe what a little bit more what they're looking for. I need to go to this tattoo convention. Like, when mm-hmm. is it? I'm going to look it up. I think it's usually in May. Okay, I'm going to be there because they <laughs> I've have missed sent, it every single year Our somehow. club has sent girls to promote there and, like, hand out cards. Well, so at least here they did I come. previous years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I'm their spokesperson. <laughs> tattoo convention is always a great weekend in Baltimore for strippers. Okay. I've, I found. Yeah. Cool. Um, that's that's good to know. So tattoo artists they make hella money. You know, yeah, no, like they do. randomly. They charge like, like yeah. 150 to like $300 an hour, depending on who they are, like mm-hmm. and how good they are. I pay good money for my tattoos. It's yeah. part of the reason I'm still broke. But you know, I just <laughs> I just like art and I've yeah. I've spent a lot of money on like different types of art, and that's one of them. But I don't I don't like the bros. I go to the girlies. Yeah. <laughs> if I ever do get a tattoo, I like well, I only ever want to be tattooed by a woman. It's just a better experience. Mm-hmm. There's there's only um one guy that I go to, but he's he's very cool mm-hmm. and he's actually gonna be at the next Twuck event. Hey. So Hell shout yeah. out to him. I'm not gonna say his name because yeah. like I don't know if he wants to be mentioned on here, but <laughs> yeah. you know. He's of, he's a cool guy. One of my tattoo artists, like homegirls, um, she's like very up and coming, cool tattoo artist, heavily tatted, obviously covered. She was telling me, because I mentioned like, oh, I only want a woman to tattoo me. And she's like, yeah, I get that because I have s- several tattoos that I got from tattoo artists that I liked at the time that were cool at the time, but now have been like publicly like canceled. Yeah. And she's like, I hate that I have their art permanently on my body. Right. And I'm like, well, if I go to a woman tattoo artist, it lessens the chances of that happening, you know? 
<laughs> that's true. Yeah, it really does. I mean, women can be problematic yeah. too. You never know, but like it's it's less likely mm-hmm. than men, unfortunately. There was like this one club that I worked at in um, Brooklyn and it was like a hipster club. I hated it. Like marketing towards hipsters, which is I don't like hipsters. I don't either. I'm just like, okay, you think you're hot and you think that I think you're hot too. And I I promise you, I don't like, it's actually (laughs) not my thing. Mm -hmm. Um, especially not in the strip club. It's not my thing. Cause I don't know. They just, they usually like just think that they're hot and that like, you just want to give them attention for free. Mm hmm. In Baltimore, like, they don't come in to the clubs that I work at in Baltimore too no, much. But, like, the art school, like, kids and, like, the super, like, hipster dudes and, like, the skaters that come into the club. The skaters. Yeah. <laughs> Which I will say, like, every, like, a skater that I have dealt with in the club, always super nice. Not a lot of money, though. Yeah. One of, like, the funniest, like, <laughs> interactions I've ever had. It's, like, not even that funny. But there was like a like a skater guy like just sitting by himself in a club in Baltimore, and I I rocked up to him, you know. I was like, "Hey, what's going on? You know, how's your night?" It was like a Friday night, and he was like, he was probably high as fuck. He was just sitting there like dumbstruck. He was like, "This is awesome! I can't believe they let me in here." <laughs> Dude, they let everybody in. <laughs> He was just, like, watching the stage from, like, a distance. He was like, this is great. Like, I've never been to a place like this before. Like, the girls are so hot, and they look so good dancing. It's like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't have, like, more money. Like, I can't believe, like, I'm, like, allowed to be in a place like this. Like, he, like his perception was that it was, like, very expensive and, like, very, like, high class, and skaters don't have a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, and he did not have a lot of money. He still tipped me a little bit, and I just left him alone to sit, like. Sit there being dumb. Founded. being high yeah being Whoa. cooked yeah literally him and like i just always think about that he was cute too he i'm was sure so he cute. was yeah <laughs> there's some cuties that come in and yeah. but it's like mm, it's not about you being cute right now yeah. the cuter i think you are the less likely i am to talk to you like yeah you be like i don't know medium like, ugly yeah medium <laughs> this is like so mean but, but like, like bearable yeah if like there's like a group of dudes like, I will, like, kind of, like, always approach, like, the ugly one. Oh, I, the ugliest. I look for the yeah. ugliest one. And, like, I look for, like, I look for dudes in their late 30s, early 40s, mm-hmm. and, like, low-key ugly. Like, looks mm-hmm. like might be computer programmer. Kinda, yeah. Or looks like they might be um, in IT of some sort or, mm-hmm. like, um, a fucking engineer or yeah. something. I approach whoever, like, I can tell is not used to getting attention from hot women. Because, like, in a group, like, there will be, like, a douchey ringleader a lot of times. And he's, like, sometimes, like, really sexy. And he's, like, <laughs> always the guy that's, like, I don't have to pay for it. And I don't need to be in the strip yeah, club. I'm like, and I'm, okay, like, well, then yet here home. you are, though. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here you are with your boys. And I will, go if, like, I will go for, like, the quiet one who doesn't get, like, a lot of attention. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's, yeah. like, so mean to say, but... <laughs> It is, but it isn't. Like, good for the... Honestly, like, that. the strip club is this one beautiful place where, like, mm-hmm. medium ugly guys can go yeah. and get a lot of attention. Because I, I don't think that we're the only dancers who think this. Like, yeah, Who no. think this way, you know? Um, no, I wouldn't say every dancer thinks mm-hmm. this way because I definitely see some dancers who, like, go up to, like, the hot guys. And I'm like, girl, you're yeah. wasting your time. I mean, I'm definitely guilty of that because, like... Okay, so in my defense... Sometimes they're just so hot. Sometimes they're just so hot. And, like, when I'm flirting with them, it's more genuine. Yeah. It's actually genuine. Because I'm like, oh, I'm actually attracted to you. And I have, like, 
that has like worked for me. Like I have pulled like so many like guys I think are hot into like VIP because like the the flirting is like genuine and they're like actually <laughs> turned on. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those guys are lucky, yeah, you know, because then I go into VIP with them and like I, I've made out with some hot guys in the <laughs> club before. <laughs> there was one like. <laughs> He was like he was like young too. I felt like a cougar. He was like twenty three. I was like, oh my god. It'd be like that sometimes. But I like made out with him a little bit. Like nice. I, I never do that. But. I think the most I've done is like a guy, like a cute, like young guy, told me like his ears were really sensitive. So I like nibbled on his ears a little bit, and he was like, oh. <laughs> Can I do another thirty minutes? <laughs> and he was cute. Like it, it worked. Hey, that's easy. Whereas, like, if he were ugly, like hell no, like I would not. No, like, never, never. <laughs> I no, have no interest in doing yeah, that. Yeah, sorry to the ugly guys, but yeah. they'll be like, "What happens in VIP?" I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. a lap dance. I, I don't yeah. even lie anymore. Like, not that I like ever like lied like seriously, you know, but I would, it up. but I would try to be like, oh well, you know, maybe we'll find out when we get there. But mm-hmm. now I'm just like a lap dance, mm-hmm. a lap dance. It's just a lap dance. Me too, but yeah. longer. Yeah, I'm not. I've never been good at like saucing it up and be like, oh, I wow, just don't, a lot of fun happens at VIP. Yeah, well, too many times it's <laughs> led to like weird situations for me it's where I've weird. been vague, yeah. and it just gets weird. And also, I find that people who who ask that question, th- there's one of two ways it could go. It's either that they genuinely want to know what the boundaries are and they yeah. want to be respectful, or that they're a boundary pusher. And yeah. I can tell when it's a boundary pusher in the way that I say a lap dance, the tone of voice when it's a boundary pusher mm-hmm. is it's more of like a lap dance. It's yeah. a lap dance, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if it's like a nice guy who just seems like he just doesn't has never been to a strip club and he doesn't yeah. know, I'm like, oh, you know, it's just a longer lap dance. It's really nice. It's mm-hmm. fun. And we have so some guys, privacy. We don't have to count the songs you know, and keep stopping. Like, yeah, yeah. We don't have to pay in between. Like, it's, it'll just be a nice time, just you and me. Like, mm-hmm. you know. But if I can tell the guy's a boundary pusher, it's just like, you're already not going to be interested in what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah. And with guys <laughs> like that, that I read those kind of vibes from, I don't even really like push like doing a vip really hard with those kind of guys because i don't want to like i no, I've i don't gotten, want to either my like finesse has gotten better like the last like year or so about like i tend to only like do vip with guys that i actually like like on some level and like vibe same with, in a way same like i don't want to force anything at this point yeah. it's not worth it which maybe maybe is a privilege for me to say you know like i'm i'm doing okay enough that i can turn down some people mm-hmm. but yeah I I don't I don't want to force anything and I don't want to be in an uncomfortable situation yeah. because it's just I've had that experience before and it just sucks mm-hmm. um anyway I have to actually like we're like on a good roll so I hate I that know. I have to stop this but mm-hmm. um I have to go to a staff meeting for Ooh, my like lay person job <laughs> super boring yeah. I don't want to go I like got my way out of the last one because I, mm. I I said that I hope nobody uh I hope my boss doesn't know I have this podcast I, <laughs> I think I think low-key like people know I'm a sex worker there but yeah. like I haven't said it but the last staff meeting, I said that I had a photo shoot. And then, like, the mm-hmm. next time they saw me, they That's were funny. like, how was your photo shoot? I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, your photo shoot on Sunday? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so um, good. Yeah, I just, like, um, <laughs> photographed yeah. my friend and stuff like that. And, like, you know, it was like, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, <laughs> anyway, the non-specific photo shoot. Yeah, yeah. the non, very non-specific photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, oh, I can't use the same excuse. Like, mm-hmm. what am I going to say? So, yeah. Um, but thank you for talking to me mm-hmm. today. Of course. Um, you're actually like the finale of um, season two. Mm-hmm. So, and also uh, Letty's going to be performing um, for at the uh, third Twerk show on February 10th. So as you can probably tell, we are posting this episode a little late. Uh, We were supposed to have season two wrapped up before the season three launch party on February 10th, but uh, weren't able to get it finished before then. So uh, this episode is getting posted a little late, but stay tuned with us because we definitely have more showcases in the future, definitely more opportunities to see Letty perform. Letty performs under the stage name Sailor May, so if you want to see her perform in the future, definitely keep an eye out for that name on our flyers. And also, since we really love and value our podcast listeners, I will make you all privy to some information that nobody knows yet. Letty slash Sailor May is indeed performing at our next showcase, which will be in July, and that event will be announced in June. So keep a lookout for that. You guys are the first to know. We really love and appreciate our podcast listeners, especially the ones who are subscribed to our Patreon. Thank you so much for supporting us. And we're really excited to be wrapping up season two and getting started with season three. We already have a few interviews for season three lined up and are just stoked to continue to be doing this, continue to be having these conversations. And I really mean it when I say that we really couldn't do it without the support. We really couldn't do it without our listeners. We especially couldn't do it without our subscribers and people who have donated to Twuk, people who have attended our events. We're so grateful for anybody who has supported us in any type of way. And really... Listening to sex workers is so important and it's not a common practice in our society and we're trying to normalize people listening to us. So thank you for being ahead of society. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Twuk. You can find us on Instagram at Twuk Official or www.twuk.com. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash twuk, and our RSS is rss.com slash podcasts slash twuk. Our ethos states that we are comprised of a collective of sex workers who believe in changing the culture of the industry for the betterment of the workers. Twuk values the safety, human rights, and success of sex workers, and focuses on providing educational resources to make this possible. TWUC does not support the exploitation nor extortion of sex workers and therefore uses its funds to pay sex workers directly and does not profit as an entity. TWUC pays sex workers who are featured on our podcast and we pay sex workers who perform at our events or DJ at our events. Additionally, we do not charge a tabling fee for sex workers who vend at our events. We do need funding, so if you support our mission, you can cash app us at cash sign twuk official.
Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.